0: Lord, it's funny how you work. <laughs> Lord, it's funny how on Daylight Savings Time we sing so many songs about awakening us. <laughs> Lord, it's funny that uh, when we feel tired, when we are exhausted, Lord, when we're at the edge of ourselves, Lord, it's funny how those are the moments that like, you are ready for, you are waiting for. That you call those opportunities. Lord Jesus, this morning there are so many things that we bring to you. Lord, we bring to you our families. Lord, we bring to you the conversations that have happened within our families this week. God, we bring to you the relationships that we have. God, maybe the relationships that are broken. God, we're being in this series about the Holy Spirit. Lord, we we know that you are present, that you are active. Lord, and sometimes it's funny, but we don't see it. Lord, I pray that you would meet us today where we find the edge of ourselves. Lord, that we would be greeted by your face. Church, would you just just imagine Jesus standing right in front of you? what expression he has. Within your hands, the the biggest burden that's on your plate right now. Will you hand it to him? Seeing his reaction. Lord, we know that that you are always happy the more surrender, the closer we are to you. Jesus, that you rejoice at at the prodigal son and you rejoice at us no matter how big or how small that burden is that we hand over to you. Jesus, today as we look at, at the Holy Spirit, I pray that your holy presence would dwell inside of us, that it would burn inside of us, and that we would be awakened on a day where we have an hour less of sleep. <laughs> Lord, but that that does not cause you to have less power. Jesus, would you meet us here today? It's in his precious and holy name, we pray all these things. Amen. Well, good morning. Good Do you need to, like, shake it out? wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. <laughs> this morning, my alarm clock went off, and I thought, no, it's the middle of the night. Like That can't be. And uh, for those of you guys that know me, you know how much I love mornings. Um, I specifically was planning on not preaching from last year when it was Daylight Savings. I said, I'm giving it away to one of our assistant pastors because I'm just not a good daylight savings preacher. And somehow, some way, God brought me here this morning. So through my tired glaze, welcome to church. Uh, this is going to be a fabulous time. Uh, I wanted to start off this morning with a little bit of a story uh, that, I don't know, gives you a better maybe picture of your lead pastor. Um, good, bad, or otherwise, but uh, I have a confession for you guys, and that is that I've actually dabbled in a little identity theft, Um, yeah, just a little bit, though, Um, but let me explain to you, Uh, so my friend Valerie uh, is becoming an ordained pastor within the Wesleyan denomination, which, like, let's give it up for that, right, like, that's really exciting, (laughs) and She needed her transcript from her college, which will remain nameless right now, and um, I got incredibly frustrated because essentially what it boils down to is that they lost her paperwork. Um, And also it boils down to the fact that somebody misspelled her name, and we have been pushed a year forward in this process already, and so my mama bear kind of came out, and Uh, Valerie said, you know, I just don't know what to do. I've called all these people. I've done all these things. I know that I've signed it. (laughs) They lost the document. Then what happens is that not only do they lose the document, they update their system. So you can't even talk to the people that have the document. And so I say to Valerie, okay, let me just step into this mess with you um, and, and we'll figure it out. So we get on the phone and I call one phone number who tells me to call another phone number who then tells me to turn around and call the phone number I called to begin with, who then tells me to call a different phone number, who then tells me to call the phone number that I just started with. And by phone number to phone number to phone number, Lindsay's patient is wearing thin by this point. And I was getting frustrated. And so finally, I get the right phone number of the loan servicer, and they put me on hold. And let me tell you what. There was a huge mistake that was made that day. They put me on hold for an hour. An hour. An hour of Beethoven's number five. OK? And with each passing minute, I am just devising a plan. Valerie is long since gone by now. Uh, she has an appointment. she has things that she has a life. And so I say, I am going to stay on this phone until somebody answers and somebody gives me what I want. And then things went from bad to worse, because guess what happened? They disconnected my call. I had been sitting there for an hour, and I lost my place in line. And Lord have mercy. I I can tell you, I felt my hair going up into like a mom bob, you know, like, I felt, I heard whispers of, can I speak to your manager? Coursing through my brain. You know, I felt the green Hulk blood that was coming through my life. Like, I was ready. I was going to go Liam Neeson on these people, you know, like, Taken style. I'm going to be like, I don't know who you are or where you are, but I have a certain set of skills. And I will find you, and I will kill, get the transcript. I will get the transcript, right? I'm going to do it, and I'm going to get it. And so I get back on the phone, and I wait, and I wait, and finally, They answer, and I'm not proud of this, and this is also confession time for me because it's cheaper than therapy, but I I answer the phone, and they talk to me, and let me tell you what, my voice sounded as if somebody was holding my cat at gunpoint. I don't know what to do. My name is Valerie Kamilka. I just want to be a pastor. I just want to do this, and let me tell you what, 15 minutes, it was solved, work smarter, not harder, people, right? <laughs> Am I right? Okay. Uh, <laughs> but, but what does this have to do with the Holy Spirit? And I would tell you this, like, we talked about, uh, we talked about residence, we talked about influence, and today we're talking about intercession. When somebody goes to bat for you, uh, when somebody fills in the gap for you, and we have all had these moments at one time or another where we needed somebody to fill in the gap, You know, maybe your marriage has gone to pot, and you need somebody's advice for that. You need somebody's help and guidance for that. Maybe, like, you're in recovery, and every single day is a fight for your sobriety, is a fight for your priorities. Maybe you are in the midst of having a friend or a relative make terrible decisions, and you have no idea what you're gonna do. Maybe financially. You're like, no matter how much I move these things around, the number is still zero. Uh, Where we reach the end of ourselves, and we need somebody to intervene. We need a miracle in our circumstances because we've already tried as much as we can. Now, uh, if you've experienced that, if you maybe are in the midst of experiencing a situation like that, where it's so big, so vast, so complex that I don't even have words for it. Now that was a story about a transcript and an angry pastor. (laughs) But imagine what it looks like when it's about something important. Uh, Something that is incredibly close to your heart. Someone who is incredibly close to your heart. And if you are in that, if that resonates with you, let me tell you the best news that I have for you this morning is that we have a mediator. Uh, We have a mediator. We have a God that speaks when we have no words left. We're going to be in Romans chapter 8 for the majority of our time today, and I want you to turn there with me, even if you don't normally. If you have a a paper Bible, that's wonderful. You have your phone. But turn with me to Romans chapter 8, and we're going to start in verse 26. This is, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father, who knows all hearts, knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. Now, in the New International Version, that verse actually starts with, in the same way. It says, in the same way, the Holy Spirit groans with us. In the same way, which begs the question, in the same way as what? And so, come back to verse 22 with me. It says, we know that the whole creation has been groaning as in pains of childbirth right up to this present time. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship and the redemption of our bodies. So, this verse, it it first starts out with talking about creation, and it personifies creation as a woman in labor. And it says that when we personify it like a woman in labor, she is groaning. Now, for moms in the room, when you are in labor awaiting your baby, does groaning even begin (laughs) to explain what you were doing? Absolutely not. But he says, this is how creation waits. Um, (laughs) You may have said some words then that maybe still haunt your husbands to this day. I don't know. Uh, but, But this was a painful process, that you were groaning inwardly and outwardly and all over the place, groaning. And he says that God's creation is also groaning. Now, this is interesting because it's a little weird to think about, okay? That when sin entered into the world, it didn't just affect mankind. It didn't just affect God's people. It also affected all of creation. And all of creation groans inwardly. Let's just talk about this for a second because it's kind of weird. I have a problem I have 18 houseplants. Okay. Um, hi, my name is Lindsay. I'm addicted to houseplants. Okay. I just love them. I'm not really good at them. I just enjoy it. Okay. <laughs> um, but I have a lot of houseplants. And while I was writing this sermon, I got to thinking. You know, what does it look like for my succulent to groan inwardly? You know, when I come with the watering can, is my succulent like? If I could hear its thoughts, is it like, oh boy, here she comes again with that water? It's only going to last three to five days, not like Jesus water. You know, I don't know. I don't know what this looks like. And hear me out. I think that my cat is actually a very good, good visual of groaning inwardly. Uh, Hear me out. I know the crazy cat lady is coming out. But like, hear me out. Um, My cat comes from a long line of creatures that have watched mankind, like, go to town on God's handiwork and mess up brutally. No wonder she barfs on my furniture every once in a while, you know. I might like groan as well, you know, I don't know. But I don't know how this works, but it says that, that God's creation is waiting to be restored. I get this image, like, when, when God's creation is restored, it's going to be like Willy Wonka, and we're going to, like, lick walls, and they're going to smell taste like snozberries. I don't know. But, uh, but, but God's creation waits for this restoration to happen, and then it says that we also in the same way (coughs) groan, that we groan inwardly, just like creation does, that life gets hard, and we live in a world that likes to call that adulting, okay, let's just be real, it's not adulting, it's just reality, it's just life, and life is difficult. And so zoom out like 15,000 feet and look at this picture. He says, in the same way that creation groans, we groan. And this is the beautiful part of this, is that the Holy Spirit meets us there. He meets us in the midst of our suffering, in the midst of our labor pains. He meets us there. Interesting. Interesting why would he meet us there? Uh, The Greek translation of compassion, I've just been obsessed with this, the Greek translation of compassion is to suffer with. And so when our God says he is compassionate, it means he sits down in our suffering. He sits down with us. And then he doesn't stop there. He becomes our advocate. And he intervenes for us. And so this verse, it has a few key words in it. And there's actually three key words in there that I want you to hone in on while we're talking about this. And this really shows how God intercedes for us. How he doesn't just sit in our, in our suffering, but he intercedes in it. And the first word is we. You want to say that with me, maybe? We like, and we encompasses everybody, right? Romans, and let me, let me show you why that's important. Romans 8, 26. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. So if you have your Bible in front of you, circle that word, we. That word's really important, because when I say we, that means you, that means me, that means everybody. Now, what's important about that word we here, though, is because Paul wrote Romans, and he says, we. Now, that's that's pretty significant, because Paul, like, just to put this in perspective, Paul says, sometimes we don't know how to talk to God. Paul's first interaction when he accepted Christ was a face-to-face conversation with Jesus, and he says, we don't get it. He says, you and I, we don't understand it. Which makes me think that sometimes it's okay that we don't know how to pray. We don't know what to even ask. We don't even know where to start. Sometimes it feels awkward and uncomfortable. Like, I I, I joke with my, my leaders that sometimes we get this prayer voice, you know, like a voice that we never use unless we're praying. Oh, God, Heavenly Father, you know? And you're like, what in the world is that? You know, sometimes we think that we need to come up with some sort of a poem, you know? Like, Lord Jesus, and what rhymes with Jesus? I don't know. And like, we have to come up with things and be fancy and be specific and be intricate and beautiful. And like, we gotta one-up the person that prays before us, and we gotta sound good. And I think that there's a lot of pressure in that. There's a lot of pressure. Like, I'm not very good at coming up with poems on the spot. Uh, sometimes it can actually look like this clip. I have a clip from the movie, Meet the Parents, and watch this with me and tell me if you ever resonate with that.
1: I hear something? <laughs> I said grace in many a dinner table. It's... Okay. Oh. Dear God, thank you. You are such a good God to us, a kind and gentle and accommodating God. And we thank you, oh sweet, sweet Lord of hosts, for the smorgasbord you have so aptly Laying at our table this day, and each day by day, day by day by day, (laughs) oh, dear Lord, three things we pray, (laughs) to love thee more dearly, to see thee more clearly, to Follow thee more nearly, <laughs> day by day. My day, amen.
0: Amen. Oh, Greg, that was lovely.
1: Thank you, Greg. That was interesting,
0: too. <laughs> day by day by day by day. And bigger than that, like, there are also situations that I just... I don't know what to pray for. And I get paid to do this, guys. Like, I don't know what to pray for. You know, somebody has a loved one that's in the hospital that's been suffering for years. Do I pray for healing? Or do I pray that God just takes them to heaven and so that they can finally be comfortable? You know, I I have, or I don't have, but if I had a relationship, you know, do I pray that this relationship works out? Or do I pray that I would be patient Enough to wait for the one. Finances. Do I pray that God meets my needs? Or do I pray that He would help me live more simply? Do I pray for boldness or do I pray for patience? Which way do I go? And we have these moments when I have no idea what God wants. I have no idea what to pray. And just like Paul says, he says, we don't know what we're doing. And so we need help, which is our second word, helps. And helps is, is incredibly important. In verse 26, at the beginning, it says, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. And that's like really incredible news because I got weaknesses, you know? I, I, some days I am physically weak. You know, I go to a Zumba class and I find out just how physically weak I am. You know, some days I am emotionally weak. And I just don't know how to process what's going on in my life. Uh, Other days, I may be spiritually weak, suffering with a sin, and it says that the Spirit of God helps us. See, and we get that we have weaknesses, but I think that what we don't understand is what it means when God says he will help us. He will help us in our weakness. And this is what I think we do. We want the Holy Spirit to bear the burden for us, but help means that he will bear it with us. We want him just to take it and fix it and wait for him to fix it. But reality is is that the Holy Spirit bears it with us. Let me show you what this would look like. You know, if I decided that I was going to move, you know, I found a house that was closer to the church or something, I don't know, Um, but I decided to move, and I asked you if you would help me move. And I said, don't worry, like, I'd love for you to come over, I'll have some Diet Coke and some pizza, just help me move, and you get there, and I say, okay, here are the boxes, um, this is the truck that it needs to go into, and here's my new address, and then I let you go, and I sat on the couch, eating the pizza and drinking the Diet Coke. <laughs> How would you feel? <laughs> like, I didn't sign up for this, I signed up to help you. I didn't sign up for you to sit and like binge Netflix and drink Diet Coke. I signed up to help you. And I think that this is where we get confused on what the Holy Spirit does. We think that we ask him for help and then we can just coast. Uh, the word help here is only wor- used one other place in Scripture. It's in uh, the story of Mary and Martha. story of Mary and Martha Mary is sitting at Jesus' feet listening to him. Martha is preparing a meal. Martha comes out and she says, Could you help me? And the picture of that word is not, I did my part, now you do your part. The picture of that word is, I can't do this alone. The literal translation of that verse in Romans is not, uh, He helps us in our weakness. The literal translation is He helps our weakness. Meaning I am weak and the Lord helps me. Meaning, I lift this end and he grabs the other. Meaning, when I am moving forward in faith, I still have my part. Meaning that it doesn't mean that I stop praying. It doesn't mean that I start stop seeking God. It doesn't mean that I stop working on the issue. But as we do, he carries the other end. As we lift this part of the couch, he grabs the other side. And he helps us in our burdens. And this is a picture all throughout Scripture. Matthew 11. I'm sure you've heard this verse before. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me For I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus says, come to me for rest and here is my yoke. Now I have a picture of a yoke because this isn't something that we see every single day Um, but it's that, that bar that goes between these two cattle. And this was always the picture that God gives us of bearing our burdens. It's not that we give up. It's not that that we have no responsibility. But he joins in, and he picks up the other side. And this is humbling. This is difficult. This is hard, because I have to trust that he's got the other side. He says, rest in me, and take on my yoke. Rest in me, And take on my yoke. And that's the picture that the Holy Spirit gives of filling in the gap. We can't carry our burdens alone. See, the Holy Spirit doesn't save us from our burdens. He bears it with us. He bears our burdens with us. He marches along with us. That means when I am overwhelmed by the brokenness, by the heartache, by the situations, by the addictions, by the failures, by the regrets, by the relationships, by the conversations, when I am overwhelmed by all of that, one of the most powerful prayers that you and I can say sometimes are one word long. Um, I remember... Praying a prayer that was one word long. Um, we had made it to the hospital after my parents' accident. And my dad is my dad. So he, he joked about how much work I made him do all, on my house while he was visiting. And we joked. And I remember during the course of that conversation, this just eerie feeling that, that something was missing. And I realized that it was my mom, that she was not there. And I couldn't remember the time that I saw my dad without seeing my mom. And it was the purest sort of pain that I have ever felt. And it just crashed on my shoulders. And I I went into the bathroom in his hospital room and I sat on the cold tiles. And I said, Lord, I don't know what I'm supposed to pray. The worst thing already happened. What am I supposed to say? And I remember praying, Jesus, Jesus. And sometimes it wasn't a one word prayer, it was a two word prayer. Jesus, no. Jesus, no. 1 Corinthians 4, verse 20, it says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. Maybe the thing that you are praying for right now, we have overcomplicated. We have overcomplicated and thought that we have to say the right words. When he asks us to say, Jesus, Jesus. The last word in this this part that we need to key in on is intercede. It says, and he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. Listen, I look back on that moment and I look back and I see Jesus kneeling next to me on the cold tile floors interceding on my behalf with words that I could not understand or muster. And I learned something that day, that the the more something means to you, the harder it is to pray for. The more something means to you, the harder it is to pray for, because we don't know where to start because it's so big and it's so risky and what if he doesn't answer and what if I don't pray the right things and what if I don't do the right things Jesus I don't know what to pray that's why sometimes it's easier for us to give prayer requests than it is for us to pray ourselves people come to me all the time Lindsay my marriage is a mess pray for me huh (laughs) no big deal You know, Lindsay, this is a mess. Pray for me. And I think, how? And sometimes it's easier to throw them on somebody else because we know if we have to face this situation, if we have to face the pain, I'm not going to have words. And the closer that situation is to you, the more important it is, the harder it is. And so when Paul says, we don't know how we ought to pray. This is what he's talking about. We don't know what we ought to pray. But listen, surround yourself with a community. Have people that can pray for you. But also, know that when you have a loss of words, it doesn't mean that Jesus has a loss of power. When you don't know what to say, that doesn't mean that he does it. I want to invite Val up here as we close. Verse 26, it says, We don't know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. See, not only does He understand the groans of our lives, but the Holy Spirit is so connected to God that He doesn't even use words when He intercedes for us. Have you ever had a friend or maybe your spouse? that you just look at and they know exactly what you're saying. You know, I can look at my friend and they know a thousand words that I'm already thinking. (laughs) And this is what I imagine happens when the Holy Spirit and God interact. The Holy Spirit hears our pain. Uh, Psalm 5.1, it says, Oh Lord, hear me as I pray. Pay attention to my groaning. He hears and he interprets the pain in our lives. And he goes to God the Father and I imagine that that interaction goes like huh and God says I got this I understand completely that's how how good and I think that we are naive in understanding how our God is an advocate we think that that means that the Holy Spirit hears your your prayer And he goes to God and he says, please, 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 she really wants this. (laughs) And that's not what he does. It says that he brings it into perfect harmony with God's will, meaning that he sees God's will and he sees the desires of your heart and he harmonizes the two. He, He aligns your heart to love and to cherish and to desire the things that he desires and he brings it into the will of God like, that's crazy, that's incredible, that's incredible, and he looks at your life, and he says, when I don't know how to pray, I still have the desire for my prayers to fit in within your will, by interceding with things that we don't understand, and that is our God, that is our God that is bigger, that's what it means when God says that he is bigger than your biggest worries, that, that's what it means when God says that uh, He is stronger than any holes that the enemy could ever have. Because He knows. So this morning, I want to offer a time just of prayer. Um, maybe right now you are facing a situation that is bigger, that is bigger, that is more complicated, and you have no words. Maybe it's something of the future. Maybe it's something that is happening presently. But I want to offer a time uh, for the altars to just be open, uh, for you to come up and to kneel in front of him. And I want, um, Valerie's going to help me just pray over you. And it might be just a one-word prayer, Jesus. But if you're facing something like that, if you say, I am in, a, I am in over my head, and I don't know what I'm going to do next. I just want to offer this time for you to come forward. So I'm going to start praying, and I'm going to say, once I start praying, you can definitely start coming up. And you don't need to hesitate. Um, I'm already up here, so let's remove the awkwardness of it. So, So would you pray with me? Lord, we have situations that are far bigger than we ever thought you would ever give us. God, there are people in this room this morning that have situations like that. God, I pray that you would give them the courage to kneel before you. Lord Jesus, we have stuff that that has stuff of that stuff, and we know all of the ways that it could go wrong, all the ways that it could go right. God, all the ways that, that we have messed up in that, Lord Jesus, and we know not how we are supposed to pray right now. God, but the hope is that you are our mediator. You are our God that sees the inside, the pain, God, uh, the confusion of our hearts. Lord, and you interpret it. God, and you bring it before God, you bring it before your throne. Lord Jesus, you truly are God with us. God, you are are with us when we aren't even with you, it seems like. Lord, I pray that during this time that you would give us a sense of peace, a Holy Spirit anointed Peace that transcends all understanding. Peace that trusts trusts this situation into your hands.